Dr. Kristen. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Yay. Well, thanks for joining me on another episode. Absolutely. So you had the idea to talk about the role that our, I guess I think about it as a paradigm, but mindset, so whichever way, and and gratitude, how those things go hand in hand and how important that is. So um, what do you think is most important about, like, how do you keep an attitude of gratitude? What helps you stay grounded in your gratitude? Well, understanding how important it is, is one of the things that really keeps me going with it. I've seen in my life where, you know, you have one of those days where you just wake up late and you can't find your something and, you know, how when you're focusing so much on what's going wrong, it seems to just magnetize more wrong into your day. But mm-hmm. if you have a day where everything seems like it's going right, it really seems to magnetize more right into your life. And really noticing in my life that when I, what's the saying, where your energy flows, mm, where your where focus goes, your energy focus. flows. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah. That's it. Um, and so, you know, if you sit there and just, sit in that bad attitude, it feels gross. But if you can actually take a step back, be a neutral observer of the situation and say, okay, you know, what is going on here? Is this a catastrophe? How can I get myself out of this? And you actively take part in what you're thinking and problem solving, things get better. And so that is really important because I've had that experience. So on the days where I don't feel grateful, on the days where my mood is kind of, you know, more in the negativity, those are the days that it's most important that I stop and really look at, okay, what am I grateful for? Let's get an attitude adjustment here, really. Um, and really start focusing on, okay, well, this is going right and that's going right. And, you know, sometimes even when you have a problem, one of the things I find really helpful is when something comes up that is an obstacle or a challenge or um, looks terrible, I try to stop and say, what is, what is the lesson here? What is this trying to teach me? Um, And when you can take and turn that on its head and get something positive out of it, you can actually feel a change in your mood. Certainly there are times where things are still terrible. Um, You know, you have the loss of someone you love or the loss of a pet or you've been in a car accident. You know, things are not pleasant by any stretch of the imagination. But when you can really take a step back, look at, what's really going on, what can you get, what can you turn this into a positive, Uh, it makes all the difference in the world. So on the days where I really am feeling down, I really sit there and say, okay, let's start just listing things I'm, I'm grateful for. And I can promise you there are times where I'm like, yeah, I don't know. There's, 
I mean, of course I have my daughter, so I'm always grateful for my daughter, even on those well, days. Well, sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. She is 13. Um, but, you know, as a mother, that's one of the things where you can sit there and say, okay, I have my daughter. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. usually I start there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I work up or I guess to less big things from there. Um, well, and I by think the... that's, that's a good way to say it, working up. Because I think that yes. if you can start small, you can build on that. I think right. that's a great way to say that. Yeah. I guess picking the low-hanging fruit. She's the low-hanging fruit. Because, of mm-hmm. course, I'm grateful for her. Even on days where I don't think I can be grateful for anything, mm-hmm. I'm still grateful for her. Um, and so I start with the low-hanging fruit, the things that I know that I can always – are a touchstone for me. My mm-hmm. daughter, my my family, my family of origin. My mom is just a saint. Um, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> she put up with me. Um, my faith, my faith in God, my faith in the universe. I am so grateful for that because even when things look really dire, even in some of the most gut-wrenching circumstances of my life, I was able to take a step back and say, okay, how is this working for my highest good? And that's not super easy. That is not super easy when you are smack in the middle of the mud puddle and it looks like there's no way out. It is not easy to say, how did the divine, the creator, God, keep me from further disaster when it feels like it is the disaster. Absolutely. And one mm-hmm. of the thing is, um, you know, being able to set your ego aside, because I think that's where a lot of it comes in. Why me? Why did this happen to me? What did mm-hmm. I do? And it's not really about that. You know, you have to remember that sometimes you get all kinds of warnings ahead of time and you just don't change your course and you get to the point where, uh, however you believe God, the universe has to forcefully redirect you. And it Oh hurts, yes. Oh, it know? does. Yep. But, and I think of it as, you know, a loving parent. There are times I have to redirect my daughter, not often cause she is pretty good, but there are times I, <laughs> there are times I have to do it, and I don't enjoy it. I don't no. want to see her cry. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see her sad, but I know that I have to do it. Otherwise, she's headed for certain disaster. Oh, for sure. And it, and it's like I can almost tell when I look backwards on some things mm-hmm. where I was getting the message that this isn't going to go well. Yeah. And whether it was ego or whatever, I figured I'll just work a little harder. I'll just try and be a little better at whatever it is. And I can uh, just imagine that God had his hand in his head saying, why won't she just go this way? Right. <laughs> And giving her all the signs. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the things that people for, people have forgotten how to listen to their gut. Um, they put so much more stock in logic and what their head is telling them to do or what they want. That's when ego steps in. Well, I want this. This is how I want it to go. But you can always, if you if you stop for a second and really sit with it, you feel it in your gut. You know mm-hmm. something is off, but instead of listening to your gut, 
you go with, well, this is the common sense thing to do. This is the safe thing to do. The safe thing isn't always the right thing. And sometimes it isn't even the safe thing at the end of the day. No, sometimes it's just the thing you want. (laughs) Yeah. I remember um, Jim Carrey talking about his dad was so stinking funny that, and he wanted to be a comedian, but instead he chose to be an accountant. And Mm. then at some point in time, he still lost his accounting job. And we have this sense that when we make the quote unquote safe choice that it's going to be, but so many times our creator pushes us out of whatever we thought was going to be comfortable towards where our genius is anyway. It's like, sorry, can't hide that under a bushel basket. You came here to do something. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You think, Oh, well, this is the rational thing to do, but Mm -hmm. it's not where your heart is. And, you know, they're like, that example it, it's much harder to really be into something where your heart doesn't lie right it might be more work to go after what you really are meant to do um but it might not be being miserable mm-hmm. is a whole lot of work too it really is <laughs> it really is I have seen a lot of people that really had a lot of resentment about not making that choice I can remember my mom specifically looking at me and and you know saying that she really wanted to be able to go to school and and to be a nurse but her dad told her there was no money in nursing and I thought now how ironic is that because back then there wasn't and and now it's one of the most highest paying jobs that there are with just a bachelor's degree education right it's kind of funny that that's a one of those for examples that have always stuck in my head about safe choices Mm -hmm. yep yep but you know we I think some of the things that happen in today's day and age is people are so busy we get so busy with the little things, the mundane things, the nitpicky things, keeping up with the Joneses, trying to do everything. And we forget that the most important thing is to sit down and check in with ourselves. We forget to say, hey, what's working here? What's not working here? Mm-hmm. How can I make the things that are working in my life even better? And how can I either fix or sometimes eliminate things that aren't working but instead it just seems like everybody is going at 900 miles an hour and they never stop to check in um you know pretty much every wise religion wise man has said you know if you don't have time to meditate for a half hour then you should meditate for an hour kind of thing right (laughs) the busier you are the more you need to make that time to do it it's just Mm -hmm. as important as brushing your teeth and taking a shower and you know as a matter of fact while you're taking a shower you can make time (laughs) in there to be with yourself you know don't have the music on don't I don't do people have TV? I think some people even have TVs in their showers, which some people do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to shut that off. How many hours a day do people spend in front of electronics on social media? You know, instead of mindlessly scrolling, just take 15 minutes. Check in with yourself. Hey, 
How am I feeling? You know, do am I finding joy in life? If not, how can I do that? Um, you know, am I sad about something? And I think a lot of times people don't want to check in with themselves because they don't want to admit that they're actually sad and they don't want to admit something isn't working because, of course, that means you have to feel bad and then you have to fix something, um, which can feel really overwhelming. For sure. So how do you, like, what questions do you ask yourself when you're deciding whether it's just like a momentary sadness versus, okay, this is someplace where I need to course correct my life because this is not okay. Like, how does that work for you? Well, I find that if you're checking in regularly, you're going to see the same themes over and over again. And sometimes it's the exact same situation with the exact same people every time. And of course, that's a pretty direct answer. This is a problem. Mm-hmm. Sometimes if you really sit down and look at it, it's the same situation, but the the characters in the story are different. So, you know, you have, a say, a situation with a boss or a coworker. Mm -hmm. And you decide you've had enough and you leave. And then all of a sudden you've got a different boss or a different coworker and you see the same thing again. And you're like, what? Okay. And maybe you leave. And then the third time. And the funny thing is it tends to get louder and louder with each different cast of characters. Right. Until you you can't ignore it anymore. Um, So that's a really good clue. If you are doing self-assessment regularly, you're going to notice something that keeps coming up or the patterns. Uh, The other thing that I've really been uh, dropping into in my life lately is I do tend to be a very intellectual person, a very rational person, a very common sense person. That's how I was raised. You think about what you're going to do. And I've realized that um, my, how I feel about what I'm going to do is actually a much more accurate indicator. Your mind runs all kinds of different scenarios. Um, You know, what about this? And what about that? And what about this? And well, you know, if you do that and you can talk yourself into or out of all kinds of things. Oh, for sure. But if you can really stop and listen and quiet your mind, Uh usually the feeling is pretty consistent. Yes, and we know just how to hustle ourselves. Oh, yeah. To either staying put or yes. to keep moving, you know, yes. whether it's, yeah, we know how to hustle ourselves. Well, of course, because who knows your buttons better than you? Right. Yeah. And, you know, you have people in your life who know how to push your buttons, but nobody knows how to push your buttons better than yourself. Right. You know, just what you need to tell yourself to mm-hmm. get the result that your head is telling you. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, of course, if if it's a really huge decision, um, getting out pencil and paper and pros and cons or just writing yourself a STEM sentence, if I quit my job then and just write and see Mm -hmm. what comes out. And a lot of times as you get going, the truth starts to come out. You know, you start out really up in your head. You start out with, well, then how am I going to pay my bills? Well, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever it is. And then as you keep going, a lot of times you run out of those rational 
uh, talking points and it gets more into, well, I could find something I really enjoy to do or I could find, I could be more at peace or I would have more free time to enjoy mm-hmm. my family or, you know, and again, that, that doesn't take away the, oh, how can I pay my bills? Because you always, you always have to pay your bills. I mean, that's always there. But once you can really identify what you're feeling about the situation, if you can really identify, you know, my job is making me miserable and I really need to do something else. And these are my reasons why. Then you can work on figuring out the how. Um, yes. And right. So, you know, you you realize you get kind of get that sense of relief that, oh, these are my reasons. These, these are really good reasons. These are really important reasons. Um, and sometimes it's not even up to you to figure out the how, but set the intention and give it to God. Give it to the universe and say, you know what? This is what, this is what the what is. Mm-hmm. And these are my reasons why. Now give me what I need to do to accomplish these things. Mike Dooley always says that the hows are the domain of the universe. Yes. And I, I think he's right because I think that that's one way that our reasoning rational mind leverages us when yes. we can't come up with the how. But if we just automatically say, okay, God, I can't wait to see how you do this. Yeah. And I love how mm-hmm. you put that. I think that's super important about getting really excited about it. Yeah. Because that changes your vibration and that mm-hmm. the everything in the world is energy and like attracts like. And if you can get really excited about it and say, these are my reasons and they're great reasons and I'm excited to find out how this is going to happen, the universe responds. Mm-hmm. Every time, every time. It does. Yeah. And, and so many times it's in ways that you're like, whoa. I, I would have never thought that this is how it was going to happen. Yes. And to me, a lot of times, that's even more delightful because it's like a surprise birthday party or something, you know? You have all these boxes that you're sure that these, this package is going to come in. And then it turns out that it was something completely different that would never have fit into the box that you minimized it to it's something so much greater than you could have ever come up with and it just it makes me giggle because it's just they're like oh my gosh how is that even real <laughs> mm-hmm. yep yeah it's kind of astonishing sometimes when you sit back Sometimes I give myself some time to to just really think about, okay, now what are all of the things that have been on my list? And there are sometimes I just go back over my list of things I choose to manifest. And it's like when I really look, I have manifested every single yes. thing, everything, every last little thing, whether it was a color of a car that I would choose, whether it was some vacation, some place that I always chose to see, some activity that I was going to learn how to do. I mean, just every single thing where I've put my intention and I've asked God to, you know, please, you know, help me get to this, help me enjoy this, let me, you know, do this. 
Every last one of them. It's really funny, too, because sometimes, you know, you're in a spot and you're just frustrated or you don't know what to do or or where to turn. And I tend to, when I get like that, I tend to write it out because I want it to be a concrete manifestation. I want to know, you know, my why. Um, and there have been so many times where I've done that and I've set it aside and then you kind of just forget about it and then you get what you asked for. And at Mm -hmm. some point later, you're like, wait, I wrote that down. I just had that happen. I was going through a really hard situation in my life and, um, I was feeling pretty lost and I really, uh, was looking for, basically my soul tribe and you happen to be part of that but oh thank you you are you so are um and I knew I had you and I have a couple other people but you know you live quite a ways away from me now and I don't get to see you as much and um my one of my other key soul tribe members lives in Illinois so I don't get to see her very often and I was feeling really just kind of afloat and lonely and and sad and so I wrote down this whole thing about finding my soul tribe and I was sending out a beacon and I needed I needed to find them and and all of this stuff and I actually um, signed up for a free class online which turned into I actually am taking the paid part of the class And when I was deciding whether I was going to actually pay for it, I was talking to one of the ladies. It's all women. I was talking to one of the ladies um, who has done it before. And, you know, they were not pushy at all. I said, well, you know, I've got other stuff going on. I don't think I can do this. All the excuses, all of the rationalizations in my head. And um, she said, oh, you completely understand. If it's not for you, that's great. You know, I'm glad you enjoyed the free part no big deal. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait a minute. I literally just begged for this group of women to show up in my life on paper. (laughs) And it was just like three days before. And I had Mm -hmm. completely forgotten that I had done it. And I was like, oh my gosh. So this was over Messenger on Facebook that I was talking to her. And I said, you know what? I just realized something and I explained it to her. I said, I'm going to have to pull that sheet out and and reread it. And I did. And I manifested that, but I had forgotten that I had even asked for it. And so I was like, oh, you know, it was three days and I forgot. But, you know, if you write it down, that's the cool part about writing it down when something does show up, you can be like, wait, is this what I asked for? And you can go back and compare. And so many times it really is. Mm-hmm. One of the ladies I've taken a lot of trainings from keeps a file with all of her other files and it's possibilities for my life. Ooh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I do. I, do I too. love that. And that's so, and you know, again, keeping, and I know not everybody is totally into journaling or writing stuff, but there are so many ways these days that you can do that. It takes nothing to pull out your phone and do a video of yourself talking to yourself. Absolutely. Or, right. You, or do a voice yeah. recording or whatever. So you can, um, and mm-hmm. see and have it be more concrete and and really 
I think by verbalizing it or by writing it, you, the universe knows you're serious. Absolutely. And then there's a part of your brain that listens at a much deeper level when it's your own voice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes just re-listening to it, re-retraining your brain to have these thoughts, to have um, the more grateful, more positive attitude, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, those things are like any other muscle that we work in our body, our brain's not a muscle, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the wiring, the, the highways in your brain, the ones you use the most are the ones that are the fastest and the most easily accessible. And if you spend all your time looking at what you don't have and how miserable you are, those are the really fast highways. Those are the things you're going to see more. Those are the things you're going to get more of. If you look at what you're grateful for, if you look for opportunities to be grateful, if you look for opportunities to be happy, then those are the highways that are more easily accessible. And that's where your thoughts are going to turn. We tend to kind of think our personalities are what we're given and kind of set in stone when we're born. But it's not true. A lot of it has to do with how you were raised, what the people in your life told you. And you kind of pick those things up and put those masks on and use those highways more. But at any point in time, you can pull those masks off and you can choose a different highway with way better scenery um, just by what you tell yourself. Um, The lady in the class that I'm taking, she says that um, you can't always choose your first thought when something happens, but you can always choose your second. I like that. Right. You know, because Mm -hmm. we tend to get real hard on ourselves and and real judgmental with ourselves when, you know, you're trying to be positive and then something happens and you say a few swear words and you're like, oh, there, I was negative again. That doesn't, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and that doesn't have to be your second thought. Your second thought can be very calm and very compassionate to yourself and say, you know, I felt that emotion. I am human. It is normal and it is healthy to feel all ranges of emotion, but I am choosing now to see the opportunity in this situation rather than the detriment, you know? So, and maybe, maybe when you're first starting, depending on how your highways are constructed, you might have to pick your third thought and that's okay. Mm -hmm. That's okay. As long as you get there and the more frequently you get to the positive highway with the good scenery the more often it's going to be your second thought or your first thought. Um, I definitely was raised in a family that really, uh, I love my family. My family is amazing. They're amazing people, but they tend to be Debbie Downers. Mm-hmm. They really, my grandpa was dying all the time. He lived to be 87, but he was constantly <laughs> dying. <laughs> Everything. Oh, I'm dying. My brother, exact same. Oh, I'm dying. Like, yeah, okay, Ryan, you've been dying for how many years now? You haven't really accomplished it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they do tend to be a little bit more pessimistic. And so that's the environment I was raised in. And that's how I was for a lot of years until I really started doing self-assessment. And I see the changes in my personality. I see the changes in my outlook on life. I see the changes in what I bring into my life and what I manifest into my life. And it's work, but honestly, the scenery is so much better with an attitude of gratitude. I think it's like what you're talking about with those highways. Cause when we first start 
building a new road mm-hmm. it's very bumpy and yes. it's uncomfortable and it feels like a lot of work yes and we have to do the work until it's as smooth as the other highway and that yes. can take years yes and I think there's no instant gratification in that so sometimes we get a sense that it's not working yes but it feels like that right up until it doesn't and it's kind of funny when the changes and the attitude of gratitude becomes the four lane i-75 brand newly paved highway yes there's nothing like it once you get to that place yes and all of a sudden things come with more ease and more flow and Mm -hmm. you're like oh you know you might even surprise yourself throughout the day when you Are you there, Dr. Kristen? Are you there? Did I lose you? Gotcha. Yay! <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm not sure what happened there. I, we were... It might have been me because Alyssa was trying to call me. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we were talking about the magic that happens when we get past all of the work to become our habits. Yes. And when you finally notice that, oh, that wasn't so hard. And, um, you know, like any other reinforcement, the better you get at it, the easier it is. Mm-hmm. Nobody became a professional sports player by never practicing. Oh, and that is such a misnomer. There's so many people that think that experts were just have a natural talent. That person is naturally like this. And for some reason, most of us aren't looking to see all of the effort that people have put into getting where they've gotten. Yes. And of course, you know, some people probably are more positive naturally whether it's how they were born or how they were raised or they just have better access to it just like anything in life everybody's got their talents and their things that come a little easier to them but I don't know and I'm not real great at sports but Michael Jordan apparently like got cut off his high school basketball team so just because you're not the best out of the gate doesn't mean you can't be the best if you put some effort into it. And that was part of his problem is he wasn't showing up and working as hard as the other kids. So the coach, even though he had such a good natural talent, Mm -hmm. wasn't going to let him play. And so that is actually what instilled in him this like drive and the amount of effort that he put in, like, I, I could just really geek out when I watched the um, Chicago Bulls series on Netflix. And he's telling about how hard he has worked through the years to get where he's gotten. It's just amazing that somebody that had gotten to the top of his game like that worked so hard to keep escalating his A game. But even further back than that, just I, and I didn't realize the part that you just said about his coach cutting him, even though he was talented, that is the epitome of the example that we're talking about where in that moment, he probably felt destroyed and he had two choices. Is he going to be the victor or the victim? It's only two mm-hmm. letters different, 
but they're completely different stations in life, aren't they? He could have said, this is the most awful thing that ever happened to me. This is so unfair. This guy is a jerk. It's all his fault. Not taken any responsibility and gone on and, I don't know, been a car salesman or something. Oh, absolutely. He could have said, that's it. I'm over. You know, I'm done with that. Right. Yeah, exactly. I'm bitter and and it's not fair and life's not fair. But instead he said, wow, Mm -hmm. this really sucks. But I'm taking this opportunity to look for the lesson. And the lesson is I wasn't doing what I needed to do to get what I wanted. Mm -hmm. And he chose to take that and work harder and take that adversity and make it into something that propelled him to the top of everybody's game. You're right. (laughs) And so if we take the opportunity when anything like that comes up in our life and, you know, like I said before, it's, it's perfectly natural and perfectly human and perfectly healthy to be sad. And feel those emotions and you should feel them and you should cry or you should scream or you should do whatever it is to feel it and then let it go. You know, you don't want to stuff it down in, that's another thing people um, get a little bit, I don't want to say wrong because that's not exactly the right way to say it, but, but get set back by is that they think, oh, if I'm going to be a positive person, that means I can't have negative feelings or I can't have negative emotions. And that couldn't be further from the truth. It is perfectly normal and perfectly acceptable to feel sad in a lot of situations. If somebody you love just died, if your pet just died, if you just lost your job, you know, there are a lot of things where you should feel sad. That, that is the appropriate thing to do in the moment, right. but you also have to choose not to live there. Um, and so feeling those emotions, working through them, letting them out so you don't stuff them down for them to only come up later and ruin something else that it shouldn't have ruined. And then saying, all right, I have felt it. I've mourned it. Now, how do I move forward from this? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you're not a positive person just because you felt bad. Um, it's, it's how you handle it after the initial emotion um, that determines whether you're a positive person or not. I, uh, I agree wholeheartedly. And I find that the more we try and invalidate our feelings and say that we've got no right to feel this way or whatever, right. it's like the more of it it creates. Well, yeah, because then now you're judging yourself. Now Mm -hmm. you don't have any compassion for yourself. Now you're looking down on yourself. And Mm -hmm. that is more negative and worse than just crying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, Um, our bodies are designed to cry. That is part of the human experience. Um, You know, to be able to cry and not judge yourself for how you're feeling, that is... That's where you grow. Exactly. Exactly. And there's some emotions that can only be detoxed from our body through tears. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In Chinese medicine, um, you know, each organ has an emotion that goes with it. Um, you know, it's, it's, intimately intertwined your kidneys are associated with fear you know if you get super scared people pee their pants kidneys are associated with fear your lungs are associated with grief when you cry what do you do (sighs) 
you know, so your lungs deal with grief. Your stomach is associated with worry. When you get really nervous or upset about something, where do you feel it? You feel it in your guts, in your stomach. And so these are things that are just part of how we are created and how we are made. And, and we are designed to feel these things. But, mm-hmm. you know, you have to make sure, like I said, that you don't live there. Um, And that you are able to take a step back when you do feel those things after you've processed them and um, try to find the appropriate highway highway back to joy. Yeah. And it's kind of like the um, Dory Fish in Finding Nemo. All roads, all all drains go to the ocean. And really (laughs) all emotions, if you allow them to move through and not to stick in them. They all take you back to joy. Yes. And you know, the funny thing is the organ that's associated with joy is the heart. And so really looking at being heart centered and feeling your way through things is so important. So this is kind of a rabbit track, I guess, off on a rabbit track. But Mm -hmm. what is the emotion that is with the liver? Anger. Anger. Okay. Because I felt really compelled to talk about cleaning your liver out with the first week of spring because I know that 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 really, you know, so thank you. Yes, absolutely. The the emotion with the liver is anger. And yes, in Chinese medicine, that the, the organ associated with spring actually is the liver. It's associated with wood and and the blooming and everything. Um, And so God gave us dandelions for a reason. Things like dandelions are actually designed to detox your liver. They sprout first thing in the spring to help you do exactly that, to clean (laughs) out your liver and detox that organ. That makes so much sense because I've always heard that no matter what the problem is, like in nature, like if like poison ivy, there's a plant that grows right next to it every time. That is Jewelweed, yep. The, yeah, it's yep. the cure for the poison ivy. So sure enough, it's, it's and, and I think that's exactly what we're talking about. Like, are you going to look for, you know, in your yard and see the weed? Or are you going to be like, okay, yes. I've got the dandelion, which is the medicine that I need to handle this. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Mm. That's going with the flow, looking at yeah. nature, looking at the universe. It's designed to take care of us if we just let go and stop fighting it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, this has been a awesome conversation. Thank you so much for taking the time to jump on here tonight with me. I'm absolutely to put this up for people because I, I think it's, they're going to get a lot of good out of this. Wonderful. I love doing it. Some of my favorite topics of conversation and I always enjoy talking to you. So hopefully people can get little nuggets of usefulness out of this or maybe big nuggets of usefulness. I don't know. But either way, um, I enjoyed uh, sharing this time with you. Well, thank you. And I hope you have a blessed Mother's Day, too. Oh, thank you. You as well. Thanks. All right. I'm going to get off here. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Here we go.
sacred lifestyle. And for those young living essential oilers, the essential oil of Hanoki would be great for today's intention of adding little pieces of changing our thinking. And Hanoki is a great essential oil that was used that preserves the oldest of the Buddhist monasteries in lots of the Asian countries and that is just a wonderful wonderful oil to put on the solar plexus. Take good care.